Welcome to the City Women Podcast. I'm Ashley Kelly, and I'm joined by Sharisa Great and Mary Turner. This season, we are focusing in on the Lord's faithfulness and how that has shown up in the lives of several women here at City Church. These stories aren't finished and are oftentimes messy, but the Lord has proven faithful to them time and time again. We pray today's episode gives you hope and encouragement in your own story as well. Let's jump right in. Please welcome Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany. Hi. How are you doing today? Doing good. Here. We're so glad you're here. We really are. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We've been talking for the last five minutes, so it's like, oh, now I'm saying hi to you all. Yes. Yes. This is hello. Our, this is hello really again. This the, is the real hi. This is the real hello. <laughs> Thank you guys for for having me. This is is truly an honor. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. doing it, for yeah. being willing to open up a little part of you and, yeah. you know, sharing some some details and intimate things of your life. We really do appreciate it. And I love how we've been able to see in all the stories that we've done over, you know, the few seasons, um, we've been able to see God at work mm-hmm. in different ladies' lives, and it looks differently. Yeah. And, and so sometimes when we hear other people's stories, that helps us to recognize, like, oh, maybe that was God in my life because it didn't look like her story, but it kind of sounds like hers or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so I love that these stories are able to do that as well. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, before we kind of jump into your story, why don't you introduce yourself, let us know a little bit, how would people know you? Yeah, so uh, my name is Tiffany Galvin, and I am married to George or uh, Jorge, whichever you prefer. <laughs> you can trill your R. You can say it like that. Uh, we've been married for almost 20 years. So we just wow. celebrated 19 in August, and so next year will be 20. That's it went awesome. really fast. We have two daughters, Nadia and Mia. Uh, we've been at City Church for a pretty long time since it was pretty small, 40, 50 people. And so it's been really neat to watch God's hand in the church and watch it grow and change and morph. And just it's been incredible to watch that journey and be a part of it. Um, we have in, invested in a lot of things over the last years um, from worship team, financial peace class, city groups, um, helping back in the kids ministry. Uh, so this year, we're actually stepping into, for the first time, we haven't done a class together or a group of any kind since Financial Peace, uh, George and I together. So we're actually doing a Bible study on Mark uh, this fall. And so that's the first time we will be back in the room together, ministering and working and doing that uh, with other couples. So we're excited about that. I think it'll be neat. Um, so, yeah, that's how you might know me through the church. <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. I'm excited for, for you and George yeah. and that, that new step. So if you need a city group, yeah. you know who to hit it's up. It's a shameless plug. <laughs> we're all about it. <laughs> well, you know what we're going to talk about today. We're yeah. going to talk about your story. We're just going to zero in on, you know, one part of it. And um, I think you've got a great story. I think that you've got a story that will help and encourage a lot of women and then also you're really good at keeping an eye on the prize as far as like mm-hmm. seeing who's the author of that story and how good and faithful he actually is. And so with that said, what would you like to tell us today? Um, well, when we started talking about me coming on, I, I'm be real honest, I had a hard time with the direction <laughs> um, and like, what is that story? Because there's, there's been so many things in my past that I can see God's hand in. Like Mm -hmm. one of the questions is, where have you seen God's faithfulness in your life? And I've heard you guys ask that to other women, and I can't pick out one thing because even as an adult now and as a kid, I could 
feel his hand in my life, whether I knew it was him mm-hmm. or not. Um, looking back, I can definitely see where his hand was either protecting me, guiding me, bringing people into my path that I needed in those moments. Um, and it was just his goodness and his faithfulness in those moments of my life. Um, a little backstory so you can understand, I guess, my journey a little bit better. Um, I was born and raised in South Dakota. Um, I'm one of five kids. And uh, when I was eight, my dad was in a farming accident and was paralyzed from his chest down at that point. So he's uh, been in a wheelchair for pretty much most of my life. Um, My parents struggled through their marriage, um, separated on and off through my childhood, and then ended up divorced. Um, My freshman year of college is when the kind of final split happened. And um, I think a lot of people that have a story have, you know, a family divorce. That's going to hit home for a lot of people, I think. Um, and what that all brings, even now having kids, how that has dominoed into our life. Um, but uh, I think the things that impacted me the most as an adult was just realizing how those things impacted me personally and understanding how some of the trauma and abuse show started to show its face mm-hmm. um, in my marriage, um, in my relationships I, as I got older, and um, trying to grasp, I guess for lack of a better term, um, how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And for years, I don't think that I always did it in the, I know it wasn't done in the healthiest of ways. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to properly communicate. I didn't know how to conflict resolution. This was not a thing. Um, So it started to really show itself for sure when I got married. Um, And then, of course, you know, your spouse brings their stuff into a marriage. So I think as I got older, recognizing how damaging some of those habits and um, impacts in my life could be on relationships Mm -hmm. And more than that, um, I think that was the external, like, there just doesn't feel like this peace and joy that I think should be in my life feeling um, internally. It just didn't feel settled. But more than that, I started to realize as I was in church and, um, you know, I'd spend time in God's Word occasionally, not consistently (laughs) like I should have been. um, I started to realize that it was impacting how I viewed God. Mm -hmm. And so I think... Nothing changed until I started to recognize. I warned her I was going to do this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I told you we would have tissues. And <laughs> sorry. Until I started to recognize that my viewpoint of God was just completely unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And it dominoed so much into my relationship with my husband, um, how I interacted with my kids. And um, I think I just got to a point where I'm like, this is not okay anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you hear people talk about like, I don't, the sins of the father should not be passed down. We don't want them being passed down from generation to generation. And that started to like really become like my mantra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've noticed at times that it came out uh, fear based because I think people that are raised in more of abusive situations, um, we tend to have control issues. Um, we want to control our path. We want to control our life. Um, 
how things impact us, how they impact the people that we love the most. And so um, you can easily go that direction. And so then that boils down to, well, really, do I trust God? Do mm-hmm. I really have faith in his protection as his child of God? How does he view me? And unfortunately, it, a lot of it was no. I, you know, I could see that in my life where I, um, I didn't fully trust him mm-hmm. with aspects of my life or I was still trying to hold on to pieces at times. Um, so I think I was talking to you, Ashley, about this. Uh, there was a time where I was sitting in church and we were singing a worship song and it was one of those, I don't even remember which one it was now anymore, but it was talking about how I need you more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we seen these lyrics and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like I enjoy spending more time with my husband in that relationship and I have all these feelings and this intimacy and, you know, these external things that I should I should have with my husband. But I also should have more of that with my Heavenly Father. And mm-hmm. I don't. And why is that? Mm-hmm. And like, okay, we're going to, I need to course correct. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, and I, I got permission to share this uh, from George. So <laughs> <laughs> made sure I asked permission first. Um but we had a, a time in our marriage, um, we flip houses together. And so uh, that brings out a lot of tense, stressful <laughs> situations at times. And um, we were flipping one of our larger properties and um, he punched the wall. And that was a big trigger for me. And I grabbed the girls and I said, I'm out, I'm leaving. Like, we're not doing this. And that was a pivoting moment in our marriage. And I remember it, both of us remember it very clearly. Like it was, we can choose to change and let God in and like grow and heal and figure out what that looks like. Cause I don't even think either one of us knew what that even looked like. It was like, something doesn't feel right. Um, or we're, we're gonna grow, but we're gonna grow apart. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a moment of like, what do we do? And so, we, you know, we started, I started, I shouldn't say we, I, this is um, how I kind of handled it. I just started being more intentional with my time with God. It started with my relationship with him first and foremost, and then started unpacking um, scripture more in depth and recognizing like some of what I was taught growing up or what I believed growing up was just what somebody else told me. And it wasn't probably accurate, (laughs) unfortunately. Um, So I just started to like try to view myself through the lens of his love Mm -hmm. and who he created me to be. And I know that seems so cliche because we know we're loved. I think we all know that, but we still, we criticize others and we judge others because we are feeling, we criticize and we're judging ourselves. And I had to start like being more um, patient with myself. I think a big key for me with digging into scripture deeper was I started to understand who my heavenly father was. Mm -hmm. Not based on my earthly father, not through the lens of what I grew up with, but just like, who is he? What was the sacrifice that he made for me? And why should I live a life of obedience and faithfulness and 
fully surrendered to him? Well, first of all, he sent his son way before I was good or bad, and he sacrificed him for me. That's so much love. And I didn't earn any of that. I just, you know, so just letting some of those truths that we, I think we've heard so much, but it just doesn't become real to us until we, um, I don't know, open ourselves up and, and let it impact us more personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like I'm wording that correctly. Did you grow up going to church? I did grow up going to church. Um, it was a pretty legalistic mm-hmm. home life. And so um, growing up was very works-based. My church felt very works-based. And so um, I was actually having a conversation recently with George. I still have these moments of like, oh, my goodness, epiphany. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy. Um, but I even now, one of the things I struggle with is if I'm not feeling good during the day or I'm sick or I don't feel like I'm being productive in my day, um, I feel like I'm letting people down. It's not even a question of I care what you think about me because I don't think I've ever cared a lot what people think about me. It's But I, I want to uh, be the best version of myself for mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. And so when I don't feel like I'm being that, I feel like I'm failing them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm apologizing for it mm-hmm. and I'm explaining it away and trying to help them understand why I'm not feeling good that day. <laughs> like, well, I just wasn't feeling good that day. But it's, um, there's this piece of me still that has to battle with when I'm not performing, that doesn't change how lovable I am. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change that my Heavenly Father still sees me as perfect and lovable and this beautiful creation that He made. And so it's it's less of probably earning um, His love, my Christianity, my faith, and more just recognizing that it starts with humility, um, a willingness to grow and change, um, stripping back the layers of my life and mm-hmm. figuring out where is that still showing up now um, and being humble enough to admit it when I'm faced with it. Yeah. Um, with my kids, that shows up with uh, when I mess up, I go in the, you know, I'm going in the other room, I'm doing my makeup or laundry or whatever when they're home with me and I just yelled at them or overreacted. And now when I go back, like the Holy Spirit just, I can like Tiffany, <laughs> you shouldn't. And I, I have to immediately go back and make it right. Mm-hmm. It's not what I said that I didn't mean, but how I said it. Mm-hmm. But I know that's something that doesn't come easy for me. doesn't feel natural. So mm-hmm. like in the moment, letting the conviction of the Holy Spirit, like help me through that mm-hmm. and it gets easier. How do you think some of that played out in your marriage as well, Tiffany? Oh, when you get in a discussion, you're both right. <laughs> no one's ever wrong. <laughs> I'm justified in how I think and feel and act. And, um, and then, you know, you, you bring in how each other communicate or how we were taught to communicate what we saw, how you communicate and deal with conflict. And is one person uh, want to walk away from it and they need space and time? And is the other person um, like, no, I need to deal with this right now? Uh, and so learning how to give each other grace, mm-hmm. um, I think for us, we have 
started to work through more not um, I don't want to say this it's when we're having conversations and conflict come up it's is this a preference of mine or is this a sin issue because so much of our conversations or disagreements is really when you boil down to it it's we're trying to control how the other one is behaving and when I started looking at that it came down to I am trying to control my outcome my circumstance my this person and uh, because I think that my right is my way is right. <laughs> but I think I recognized the dysfunction of my family and, you know, his parents weren't divorced. And so it's it's like, well, my, my way of growing up was just hard. And, you know, I brought a lot of baggage into our marriage and, and he didn't. But we all bring baggage in. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, do we see it? And are we willing to work through it together? It's been really recent where the conversations that we're having are really boiling down to preference versus sin. And even with our kids, as they're getting older and we're having conversations about letting God be who God's going to be in their life, letting them grow and be the person that God wants them to be, learning things the hard way sometimes. Um, Am I having this conversation because I just am trying to make you a mini version of me? Or am I shepherding your heart and discipling your heart? And am I bringing God into that conversation if it truly is a heart issue? Mm -hmm. Um, And that is harder as they get older. But it's been such a neat, just graceful process. I think I've had so many moments in my life where in my marriage and with my kids, that's where I feel His grace the most. The coolest thing about it, though, is I don't share everything with them but I share a lot with them. Mm -hmm. And as I've gone through my process of healing from from my past and like been very vulnerable and open with them about things that I struggle with personally, and this is why I struggle, I'm working through this, God is working on this in me. And then they see me come back and say, I'm so sorry, I messed up. I should not have talked to you like that. That was not a loving way to handle this. And I want your accountability. Mia is so much like me. And so we tend to push each other's buttons and trigger each other a little bit more probably. And as I've been more vulnerable with her in that way, um, and we're helping keep each other accountable, it's such a beautiful thing to watch God work in her life. And the Holy Spirit is convicting her about things. But it didn't start with me being right all the time. It started with me being humble and vulnerable and saying I was wrong because parents are wrong (laughs) a lot. (laughs) And it's really helpful for us, for me, to show them that because now that I've done that with them for a consistent length of time, our relationship has become this really beautiful thing that... um, is pretty precious to me. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I when I say I feel his grace through this, it's because I didn't I didn't raise them like that early on. I was not that mom when they were little. I made a lot of mistakes in my marriage in my first, you know, 10 15 years even. It still am. I'm not perfect. <laughs> um but I love that God has created the family unit to be this really beautiful thing. Like our spouse, a lot of people, it's a joke, but like spouses, 
we opposites do tend to attract. Well, why is that? Maybe because your spouse has something that you don't, that you can learn from. And I can grow from areas that George has strengths in and vice versa, but it has to have come with a heart of humility to be willing to grow and receive it in a safe environment. Um, if your husband is that person that is a godly man and he loves you well and you know where his heart is, because I know that's not always the case. Um, so what's the heart behind it when those kinds of conversations are happening? But man, we can learn so much from each other if we want mm-hmm. and pull each other's strengths out. And, you know, that relationship that starts within the unity of our family is the way God designed it was perfect. Obviously, sin has messed that up, but um, I just, I want to be able to lead and disciple and strip back those layers of family sin as much as we can and raise them with just intentionality and our time is different. Like very counterculture mm-hmm. <laughs> how we raise our kids in so many ways and I think as the years have gone on it's gotten even harder mm-hmm. um, because you kind of feel like you're the sticking out like a sore thumb within your community or the culture mm-hmm. that's around you and so those conversations start to get a little harder but it's so worth it mm-hmm. yeah. and they're they're actually pretty easy when you bring God into it I think we complicate it um but the Bible doesn't change. God doesn't change. And so when he's a part of that conversation and like what as a family are our priorities and let's set them up. And then if things start to come into that, that go against those priorities and what we feel like the direction God has us as individuals or as a family unit going in, then it's a pretty easy no. It doesn't feel hard to say no to those things anymore. Mm -hmm. I remember being encouraged by that, by people telling us that when our kids mm-hmm. were younger. And I always was like, well, yeah, that's like super easy. But it, it starts getting real when kids have sports opinions. and opinions. opinions and, yes. you know, that's, so I'm like, oh, I get, I understand now what everyone, like you have to know what your values are so that you can more easily mm-hmm. say yes or no yeah. to things. Like it just takes a while to get to that point where that's mm-hmm. like, oh, now we're living that out. And you know what else it does when you start digging in and then you're encouraging your kids to dig into the word mm-hmm. and they're watching you have your quiet time and they're having their quiet time. They start asking questions, some questions that you don't have answers to. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this back and forth discipleship conversation yeah. where God, Christianity, spiritual gifts, godly characteristics and behaviors just become a part of our conversation daily. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not these weird, hey, what did you learn from the sermon this weekend? Or right. from it's just a part of our daily life. Mm-hmm. And we we're taking the everyday moments that we face and we're turning them into teaching moments, discipleship moments, and we're watching God grow them at the same time as we're growing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really cool. It's so neat to watch. Yeah. I think that I think you're hitting on something that is key. So many, you know, people our age Mm -hmm. grew up in church or whatever, and, like, church was segregated from, like, rest of life, the rest of life, you know? And so there were those questions like, hey, what'd you learn? What'd you learn today Mm -hmm. in church, you know? And then life happened. And so growing up and being adults now, I think that we've had a hard time. We've had to figure out how to integrate our faith 
mm-hmm. into our daily life because it wasn't modeled for us yeah. growing up necessarily. And so what you're doing with your girls is modeling that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, not you're not segregating it out like only we only talk about God mm-hmm. on Sundays after church and then rest of the time it's for school and football mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, and so I just, I you know, you're modeling that so yeah. that they're going to be able to. And I was thinking... I know you're supposed to be telling your story, but okay. I was I was thinking as you were talking, there's like there's a quote or there's something that I had heard and I remember writing it down or sending it to somebody talking about discipleship mm-hmm. and talking about the next generation. And they were saying that our ceiling is the foundation for the next generation. And so if you think of that like as parents, your ceiling, as far as you're willing to go mm-hmm. and as far as you're willing to grow and develop Mm -hmm. is going to be the foundation, the starting point for your kids, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, however, whatever you're willing to work through and get through, Mm -hmm. you're doing that, not only for your benefit, but for the benefit of your girls. And then they're starting at a higher level. They're starting somewhere else Mm -hmm. than you were when you were younger. And and so that's part of it, you know? Like you're you're teaching them even now, and so they're not gonna have to spend the years that you did trying mm-hmm. to figure out like how do I actually live this out how yeah. do I do this thing yeah. they've already got it as teenagers mm-hmm. you know and they're just going to be able to go even further yeah. and I think a key piece for me even getting to that realization was I had to be aware of the little things that were so easy to justify their behavioral mm-hmm. and quite honestly sinful nature that just were such a part of me because it was how I was born or not born, but how I was raised, how I was, you know, how I grew up, whatever, whatever reasons we all have impacting moments that shape us and mold us into who we are. But until I like had that awareness around stopping and realizing in the heightened moments, what I was doing, how it was impacting my kids I didn't feel a reason to change. I didn't feel a reason to grow. It was just, we're just doing life. We're going about life. And then you start hearing them say something that you said. <laughs> You're like, ew, that sounds awful. How dare you talk to me like that? <laughs> and it's, am I receptive and open to those correcting moments that the Holy Spirit is bringing into my life? Or am I just going to hold on to it and not be humble and be right and not lo- not let God use those moments to like teach me something mm-hmm. yeah. and grow me through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, ladies, do you have any questions as we've been talking? Yeah. One of the things I was thinking through, I've heard you talk about it before and you mentioned a little bit today, but mm-hmm. um, how special the quiet times have been where it's shared like you are working doing your bible study and your girls are in the Mm -hmm. same room and for some of our listeners some of our moms listening like that seems so far away Mm. and so like what would a first step look like of like i recognize that i'm not doing a good job as a mom discipling my kids Mm -hmm. where do i even start Consistency, first of all in your own life i think is a big key because uh kids grasp a lot of I'm, if I'm saying one thing, 
but I'm doing another. They're not stupid when it comes to mm-hmm. feeling that hypocrisy yeah. for what I just said. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it, so why should I tell them to? So consistency is a big key, was a big key for me, because uh, then they're seeing me do it. Yeah. So that when those conversations are coming up, and again, it's just natural progression through our day. They came home and they had a bad day at school. They had something difficult happen with a relationship with somebody in their life. For our family, we lost a grandparent recently. And so dealing through death in a big way for the first time and bringing God into that conversation now comes in, well, if you're struggling in this area and you feel far away from God in this area, one of the ways that you can start to feel God's Uh, closeness in your life is through prayer and your quiet time with Him and and learning about your Heavenly Father. Reminding them this is not our relationship with God, this is your relationship with God. So yes, I'm saying prayers with you before you go to bed, um, but my prayers aren't special. Your prayers with your Heavenly Father, this is a personal relationship. And so as those conversations come up, I'm just constantly guiding them back to have your personal quiet time with God. But I've, I've tried not to press it and push it and it, it come from their heart and their, it has to be their decision. So I'm modeling it for them, but I'm constantly sneaking it into the conversations that we're having when they're having a bad day, when there's something that happened that was good, like we're praising God, we're glorifying Him, our life is to glorify Him. When good things happen, it's because He's blessing us. I love that. Thank you for sharing with us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Well, that was so good, Tiffany's conversation with us. I knew that she was going to come in here with just an overflow of things to share with us. And I think that that was, she was very humble and very open and raw. And so I, I enjoyed the conversation. What about you ladies? Yeah. I appreciate it so much. I know. I was like writing things down. <laughs> <laughs> she had a, a lot of really good nuggets in there, and I don't think she was intentionally trying to like throw out some wisdom necessarily, but um, but she did. And um, I don't know what what kind of stuck with stuck out to you guys. One of the first things when she was really talking about um, humility and perfection, and it just came to me that humility is a better teacher than perfection. Mm. And being willing, whether it's in her marriage or in her relationship with her daughters or with a friend or coworker, mm-hmm. just being willing to say, "I'm really sorry. I didn't. I didn't do well with that." That is a much better teacher than, "Oh man, that Tiffany. She is so perfect. She just has it all mm-hmm. together." So this conversation as well, just her willingness to be so humble about mm-hmm. her mistakes. It's a such a good teacher for mm-hmm. all of us. Yeah. And I can learn from that. You know, mm-hmm. if, if she's just perfect, I can't really learn from that. Right. Um, so I appreciate her honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I wish we were just better at that in culture in general. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times do we just kind of, like, brush it off and try to move on and hope nobody noticed? Yeah. <laughs> Sweep it yeah. under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, like, what would happen if we were just, like, my bad? Like, didn't mean for that to happen. Didn't mean for it to come across this way. And I'm going to own that. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for us to move forward or whatever? Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can only start with us, like yeah. she said, That's, you know. That was, yeah, that was a big point. Mm-hmm. You know, she was willing to own what she was doing. And, and, and just be having the courage to do something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you just want the same life, keep doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. She didn't want the same marriage. She didn't want the same life. Mm -hmm. And so she had the courage to do something really radically different. And there was no guarantee that it was going to rub off on her husband or kids or anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, I really appreciate her honesty about, I just had to, face, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it was through counseling or her own relationship with God or whatever it was, she had to do something different. It wasn't just intention, you know, because we we judge ourselves based on intention. I intended to do that. That was my... That was my goal. I was going to, you know, but she I'm didn't let it stop person. there. such a good person. It's close <laughs> enough. Yeah. 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 Um, as she was talking, I I wanted to say this, but then I was like, oh, I'm going to save it for, <laughs> for our wrap up. Um, I just kind of saw like this thread of grace. And, you know, that's why I asked her um, about going to church as a kid. So I was curious about what that was like. And, and, you know, her answer was like, yes, but it was very legalistic. And, and so that's kind of the opposite of grace, you know, and um, her life, it seems like her life really began to change when um, she could really accept and understand the grace of God, not just um, how big he is and, you know, that he's God, you know, all this, but the grace and the love of God. And mm-hmm. so she really had to learn how to accept that. And then that trickled through her life. And um, she began how to, to learn how to like show herself grace. And something I've said actually a lot, especially when women are talking to me about like reading the Bible or spiritual disciplines or whatever, and like we get so down on ourselves. And the reality is that God has so much more grace for us than we do for ourselves, you know, and we think, oh, I missed it today or I missed it, you know, or whatever. And God's just like, hey, just come back. Like I'm right here. And um, And so for Tiffany, I think she had to, she had to figure that out, give, learn to give herself grace. And then she also then had to learn how to give grace to George and her girls mm-hmm. and people in her life. And, and it's just this process that, that is all connected. And it's not just like she checked it off, you know, and she probably wouldn't necessarily even say that's what was happening or is happening in her life. But I, I just, she kept bringing up the grace of God and I could see how it's like, you know, she learned how to live in that grace and let it work through her as well. The other thing that we kind of chatted about was, um, and actually it was more from you, Ashley, but that idea of like my ceiling can be my child's foundation. Mm -hmm. And I've even recognized that in leading high school small groups. Like I'm having conversations with them at 14 that I'm learning at 34. (laughs) And like, you just earned 20 years yeah, <laughs> of that. perspective and yeah. what does it look like for us to really just in the idea of discipleship or in our conversations and our relationships really just setting each other up well mm-hmm. and not seeing our ceiling as a bad thing or a limit but seeing it as a an ability to propel people forward mm-hmm. it's the goodness of God yeah. yeah and I think I think that's why the Bible is so multi-generational you know the stories and the there's a it's the church the body of Christ is meant to be multi-generational and so like you know you say 14 year olds are learning what you're learning at 34 when you you have some really close community with some of the classics here at church yeah. and you're learning something you know what I mean like it it should be that way yeah that's a healthy um, environment yeah this has been another episode of the city women podcast 
We pray today's conversation has encouraged you and given you deeper perspective of how the Lord continues to work and move in all the parts of our stories. If you have questions or would like to share your own story with us, please email us at citywomen at citychurchok.com or click the link in our show notes. Please share this episode with a friend and invite others to listen along with you this season. We'll be back next week with another amazing story. And in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at citywomenok.com.